We hope you enjoy this message and that it encourages and inspires you. For more information, head to lifepointwithanee.org.au. It's uh, terrific to see the Project 11 people up here. This is something we're rolling out right across the state. And, and uh, the sunny coast region has the largest number of participants out of all the regions in the state by one person. So, uh, but LifePoint's done a lot towards that. You've got a lot, of guys, a lot of people here doing it, which is fantastic. Um, I haven't been here since your Christmas lights or whatever it's called now. Is that, the, is that the right word for it? Anyway, whatever it is. But I looked at some photos this morning. It looked fabulous. <laughs> and so we praise God for what the church is doing there. I remember when I was a, a young youth pastor, I've been in the church for three years and we got a, a new senior pastor. And one of the first things he said to me was, um, I don't want you to allow people to take photographs in the wedding ceremonies that you take. Yeah, it's all right, you can take photographs. So that was a long time ago now, all right. So. <laughs> uh, and I had no idea what he was getting at and, you know, I complained a little bit about it. But in the end, I did what he said. I said to people whose weddings I was taking, you can't have photographs in the service. I thought it was stupid, but I, um, I went along with it because I believed that he was the leader and that I needed to support my leaders. And uh, so that's what I did. Uh, this is the kind of message we get from the New Testament. Support your leaders. Uh, and we're going to look at a passage today from the book of Hebrews, which brings this out, which emphasises the need for us to support our, our leaders. It's in Hebrews 13, and uh, we're going to have a look at verse 7 to 17. No one's sure who wrote the book of Hebrews, uh, but it was addressed to a church that was doing it really tough. Uh, it was a church that were mainly converts from Judaism, so they were ex-Jews that had become Christians. Uh, and, uh, but the persecution was increasing and some in the church were wanting to go back to their Jewish faith, partly because the Jews weren't persecuted as much as the Christians were persecuted. So the Hebrews theme is really hang in there, keep going, keep serving God, stay true to the gospel. And we're going to have a look at uh, towards the end of Hebrews, Hebrews chapter 13. So it starts, and this passage starts and ends with some advice for leaders or about leaders. Uh, so I'm going to focus on the verse at the start and the verse at the end. Uh, but we're going to read the whole passage uh, together. It's up there on the screen or you can follow it uh, in your app or with your Bibles. Hebrews 13 verse 7. Remember your leaders who spoke the word of God to you Consider the outcome of their way of life and imitate their faith. Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today and forever. Don't be carried away by all kinds of strange teachings. So these were particularly Jewish teachings, perhaps a little bit more on the extreme about ceremonies and things you could eat and all the rest. It's good for our hearts to be strengthened by grace, not by eating ceremonial foods, which is of no benefit to those who do so. We have an altar from which those who minister at the tabernacle have no right to eat. The high priest carries the blood of animals into the holy place as a sin offering, but the bodies are burned outside the camp. And so Jesus also suffered outside the city gate to make the people holy through his own blood. Let us then go to him outside the camp, bearing the disgrace he bore. In other words, 
Uh, the writer's saying we're, we're not supposed to be insiders, we're outsiders. Jesus was an outsider and we're outsiders uh, as well. And that's the way God wants us to be. For here, we do not have an enduring city, but we're looking for the city that's to come. Through Jesus, therefore, let's continually offer to God a sacrifice. So we have to offer sacrifices, but what are they? The fruit of lips that openly profess His name. So that's worshipping God as we've done this morning and as we do by our life. Uh, And do not forget to do good and to share with others for such sacrifices God's pleased. And part of this doing good and serving others comes in verse 17. Have confidence in your leaders and submit to their authority because they keep watch over you as those who must give an account. Do this so that their work will be a joy, not a burden, for that would be of no benefit to you. So you can see there's a a clear attitude that we need to have uh, in the church towards our leaders and that is to support our leaders to remember them, to imitate them, to listen to them, to obey, to submit to them, to make their work a calling and a joy. And that's probably all I need to say. So thank you very much. (laughs) You're not getting away that lightly. (laughs) Now that seems fairly clear, but surely we have some questions about that. Uh, Last year, there were two very significant prominent Christian leaders who had uh, stuff written or found out about them. One was a guy called Ravi Zacharias who had passed away in 2020 as probably one of the most respected evangelical leaders, Christian leaders uh, in the world. In last year, it was found that Ravi Zacharias um, was actually having had a whole lot of abusive affairs with with, with women and uh, the whole apologetic organisation that he was responsible for has since just about fallen apart. Uh, another thing that happened last year was there was a podcast produced, The Rise and Fall of Mars Hill. Don't know if anyone, anyone listened to that podcast? Okay, it's about a church in Seattle that grew incredibly quickly and became one of the largest churches in the world. And then in 2014, it collapsed. And the leader of that church was a guy called Mark Driscoll and many of us were listening to his podcasts and all the rest, a brilliant communicator. Uh, and, uh, but the church suddenly collapsed because not only was he a very good leader, he was also an abusive bully and many people suffered uh, through that. So while these stories are quite different, they bring out a type of Christian leader, don't they, that you think, We need to be a bit careful about this, this idea of following our leaders and supporting our leaders because we need to understand what kind of leaders they really are. These people lacked character. But because they were very, very effective in what they did, because they were so successful, the people around them didn't hold them to account. So when questions were asked or people were abused or hurt, Uh, The people around these leaders protected them, gave them an open check in a sense, said, no, we'll support you, we'll stand with you, it's bad that you've had all these accusations. And because of that, many, many people were damaged. So what do we do with our leaders? The Bible says we should support our leaders, but practically we know that we need to be careful about that. We need to hold our leaders accountable. 
I had a whole lot of people come to me last year and said, what are Queensland Baptists doing about stopping our leaders becoming people like Ravi Zacharias or Mark Driscoll? And I understood where they're coming from. They were concerned about what kind of leaders that we might be producing and what kind of leaders people might be following. So what do we do with our leaders? Well, uh, I can understand that there are many temptations in leadership. And this passage is not as clear as what I made out it was. The writer's not saying give all your leaders a blank check. Uh, Not at all. In fact, there were two types of leaders in this church. One type of leader was the the leader that is being described here, the leaders that were faithful to God, that had preached the gospel, that had stayed true to God uh, through it all, that were encouraging people to hang in there and were setting the example in that. And then there was another type of leader that was saying, no, we need to go back to our Jewish faith and all the experiences and all the Uh, sacrifices and all of that, we need to go back there and then we'll avoid persecution as well. So even in this church, there were two types of leaders. So which are the ones uh, that you follow? And I wanna have a quick look at this passage and say, actually, if you're looking into this, you can see that there's some expectations for leaders. These are the ones that we need to follow. There's clues here. Verse seven, remember your leaders who spoke the word of God to you Consider the outcome of their way of life and imitate their faith. So there's two things here. The first one, these are leaders who spoke the word of God to you. This, of course, is the gospel, the good news that it's nothing that we have to do. We don't have to offer sacrifices. We don't have to go through certain systems and structures that we can have a relationship with God through what Jesus has done for us. And it's freely given by Jesus, by His death on the cross and His resurrection. That was the gospel. And he says, hang on to those that are preaching that, that are speaking the gospel, that have the right gospel, that don't carried away by secret information or particular practices or legalism or, or successes. Uh, make sure that they stay true to the gospel. So who spoke the word of God to you, consider the outcome of their way of life. So their way of life needs to be worth imitating. The character of leaders needs to be assessed. God is so serious about character, particularly in leaders. Now, of course, no leaders are perfect. If you just ask Meryl, she'll be able to explain that to you. (laughs) But leaders need to have a genuine desire to serve God, to please God. uh, And that's reflected in their lives. and, And Bible's full of evidences of this love and joy and peace and patience and self-control, all of these things are character that we're looking for in our leaders. And if people don't have that and they're leading, then give them a wide berth because right character is really important. The third thing that we need to look for is in verse 17, have confidence in your leaders and submit to their authority because they keep watch over you as those who must give an account. And the third thing is that that they really are genuine shepherds, that their motives are not achieving the things they want to achieve, but their motives are to serve and to help and to support and to care and to shepherd well. This doesn't mean that they'll do everything that you want or everything that you like, but you know that their motives are good, (laughs) that they genuinely want to serve. So when we find leaders like this, right, they've got a right gospel, they've got right character, they've got right motives, then 
God's saying, these are the people we need to support, we need to stand with. And if we don't find leaders like them, like Zacharias and, and Mark Driscoll and, and others, then we need to avoid those leaders or we need to stand up those leaders or we need to confront those leaders. They, they're not the leaders we need to be supporting. One of my concerns um, in these very challenging days in the church uh, is that people are following leaders that they have no ability to check their character or their motives or their gospel. Uh, this is particularly prevalent online where some of us are listening to people online that we have no ability to check what sort of people they really are, what's motivating what they're saying. Uh, and when we listen to those people and don't listen to the leaders that we can check, then the church is in a dangerous situation. Now, I'm not saying that some people online haven't got some things to say, but we need to be really careful because this scripture is saying, these are the leaders we need to be supporting. These are the leaders we need to be believing. These are the leaders we need to be following. People that we can check these things. Gospel, character, motives. So when you find leaders like this, then we need to be supporting them. All right, so what does that actually look like? I, you know, I could suggest many ways to support leaders, but I want to stick to this passage, right? So we're going to have a look into this passage and say, how do we actually support our leaders, the godly leaders that God gives us? Well, there's two things. The first comes in verse 7. Watch and imitate. Remember your leaders who spoke the word of God to you. Consider the outcome of their way of life and imitate their faith. So we look for leaders that are having a good impact, that are godly, that have those things in place, and we seek to imitate. We seek to do what they do. In 2020, we sold our house. I think I've spoken about this before, and it was before the house prices started to rise, and so we knew it was going to be pretty difficult to get a good price for our house in Brisbane. Now, I've sold a couple of houses in my life, but, you know, you don't have a lot of experience in this. So we employed as just about all of us would, a real estate agent. We looked for someone that knew what they were doing when it comes to selling houses. And we found Roxanne. Roxanne actually went to school with one of our daughters-in-law, so we sort of knew a bit about her. She was the, the best real estate agent and she was trust, we, both, we knew that she was trustworthy as well. And so we employed her. So we did whatever she told us to do. She said, declutter. You got too much rubbish all over the place. Our beautiful house, <laughs> but we decluttered. She said, you've got to replace the carpet upstairs. Just because it had a few rolls in it, do you know what I mean? But uh, she said, people won't buy it, you know, so we replaced the carpet. Very cheap carpet we put in, but anyway, we replaced, we replaced the carpet. We did what she said. Actually, she didn't get it all right because the, the day after settlement, we, we drove past our old place for the, for the last time. And there was our brand new carpet out on the front lawn. So <laughs> obviously they thought it was cheap as well. But anyway, <laughs> uh, when she negotiated and she said, I think this is the best price you're gonna get, we accepted that price. When they came back to us after the building and pest inspection and said, uh, oh, it's got this wrong and this wrong and this wrong, you know, we want thousands of dollars off. She said, oh, garbage. She said, it's a 30 year old house. What do you expect in a house like that? Uh, and so we listened uh, and we got a good, decent price uh, for our house because we trusted her and we knew that she could lead us in this, that she would know much better what to do than what we did, even when it wasn't exactly what we wanted. 
My question for you is, who's doing this for you spiritually? Like, like who are you imitating? Who are you looking up to? Who are you seeking to follow? Now you say, well, wait a minute, there's some problems with that. First one is this. We have been told to imitate Jesus, not people. Isn't that right? You know, the riddle wristbands, what would Jesus do? You know, not with what Phil, what would Phil do, you know, but what would Jesus do? And so, it's, and it sounds very good, doesn't it? Like we, we can't put people up there. You know, it's, it's Jesus that we need to be imitating and following. And that sounds really good, except it's just not biblical. And I want to prove it to you. Let me just go through a few verses that will show you that, that the Bible's very strong on imitating those that you respect, imitating those that are leading you, that you can trust. All right, here they are up there. Great. 1 Corinthians 4, 15 and 16. Therefore, verse 16 says, Therefore I urge you to imitate me. Uh, 1 Corinthians 11, Follow my example as I follow the example of Christ. Uh, Philippians 3, join together in following my example. And just as you have us as a model, keep your eyes on those who live as we do. Uh, 2 Thessalonians 3, uh, in order to offer ourselves as a model for you to imitate. And then in Hebrews, we don't want you to become lazy, but to imitate those whose faith and patience inherit what's been promised. You're convinced? Like the Bible's pretty clear, isn't it? We need to find people to imitate. If we're just trying to do Christian life ourselves without having people that are ahead of us, that can guide us, can lead us, as Roxanne did in selling houses, but in spiritually, then we're going to be poorer off. And so we do need to find people uh, to imitate. Now, I know that there's people that we mustn't imitate, but when we find these people with right motives and right character, right gospel, then we need to be imitated. The other problem is that we think that leaders are a different breed. Do you know what I mean? Like, like we think that leaders, spiritually, they're just kind of the next rank up somehow, you know, like they just love to pray all the time, you know, and they're so spiritual and they don't face the temptations that we face and the, the struggles that we face, you know. And so it's easy for leaders to do it, but we couldn't do it because they're different from us. Now, I've been with leaders for 60 years or whatever it is, and I can tell you, leaders are just the same as you. <laughs> they have the same struggles and they have the same pressures and they have the same disappointments and they have the same temptations and they struggle to pray in the same way that you do. Like, leaders are just the same as you. They're not a different type of person. And if they're following God more closely, it's just because they're trusting in Jesus, not because of anything in themselves. So support your leaders by learning from them and modelling yourself on their lives. And that's going to be a blessing for them, you know. There's nothing more blessed than, and a leader than seeing that people are looking at you and saying, I want to follow Jesus the way you follow Jesus. That is a great blessing. So how do we support our leaders? Firstly, by watching them and imitating them. The second thing uh, comes in, in the second verse, which is verse 17. Have confidence in your leaders and submit to their authority because they keep watch over you as those who must give an account. Now, if imitation is difficult, how much more is submission? Like, that goes right against the grain, doesn't it? That's even more countercultural. Like, we're Aussies. Some of us come from good convict stock, 
you know, like, like submitting to leaders, doing what our leaders say, like that doesn't come naturally. We don't like tall poppies, do we, <laughs> as Aussies? You know, when someone thinks they're going to allo- allo- Americans love tall poppies, or they seem to, do you know what I mean? Put person, but as soon as we see someone being put up there, we want to cut them down to size. Like that's inbuilt in us. This is the Aussie way. We don't tend to trust our leaders. We don't tend to have confidence in our leaders. So trust them and submit to them. Oh, way. <laughs> This attitude, uh, Aussie attitude, makes actually leading very difficult. Uh, in my uh, first church as senior pastor, I'd been there about three years and God was doing some, some things in the church, which was really great. He was at work. And I went away on holidays. And while I was away on holidays, there was a couple of people in the church, not leaders, just a couple of people in the church. And they went around and visited everyone uh, in the church and they told everyone that John had a secret agenda. That, he's, that he really was going to make the church into a Pentecostal church. Now, that might have been a good thing, but anyway, they, they were very much against that. They told everyone about, about this, you know, my John's secret agenda. Now, I was a young pastor and I did lots of things wrong, but I didn't have a secret agenda. <laughs> like, people had heard me, they'd listened to me uh, for three years. Like, they knew me. But the fact is, in, in Australian culture, and it might be in other cultures the same, like, it's so easy to stir up distrust. And I came back and the church was in turmoil. It really was because of just two people going around and saying, ah, you can't trust John. You don't, secretly he's going to do something that you don't like. Criticism and distrust of leaders is so easy to sow, particularly in Australia. It's not hard for us to create problems for our leaders. And as we've seen, some leaders, distrust is a good thing. Uh, If they haven't got right motives and haven't got right character and haven't got right gospel, then, then we should distrust them. We should distance ourselves from them. But much of the time, Christian leaders are just ordinary people seeking to serve God, seeking to serve their people caring and teaching and supporting and visioning and leading. And we heard lots of that already in this service this morning. Uh, Trying to hold it all together in the middle of all sorts of pressures and tensions. Uh, And particularly that's been true in the last uh, couple of years. In preparing for the sermon, I read a story, I don't know, it might've been England or something, but uh, this pastor was... uh, in the middle of the night, his wife woke up and the pastor was kind of still asleep, but he was on the end of the bed and he had his arms out like this and he was holding something, you know, and, but was still asleep, you know. And she said, oh, darling, what, what's wrong? What's going on? He said, shh, don't move. He said, I'm holding onto this pyramid of marbles and if anything moves, the whole thing's going to collapse. That's how our leaders often feel about things. <laughs> it's, it's not easy. You're trying to hold together all these bits and pieces. So our job is to have confidence and trust in our godly leaders and submit to their teaching and to their vision. Now, of course, that doesn't mean we have to do everything they say. We don't have to believe everything they say. There's we're Baptist church, do you know what I mean? We all have a part to play in finding God's direction and all the rest. We all feed back and all the rest. So I'm not saying 
there's God up there and that leader or he or she is speaking and we just have to do everything. No, of course there's involvement and participation and input and all the rest. But when it comes to the crunch, when we find godly leaders, we submit to them and say, trust you, trust you. What happens if we do this? What happens if we do support our leaders? If we do uh, imitate them, uh, if we do trust and submit to them, what, what happens? Well, let's go back to the passage. Verse 17. Do this so that their work will be a joy, not a burden. It really is enjoyable leading when you know that the people you're leading have got your back. It really is. And if the people you're leading don't trust you, don't support you, then it's a really tough job leading. It really is. Leadership's supposed to be a joyful thing. It's got its challenges and all the rest, but it's supposed to be joyful. <laughs> it's supposed to be exciting. It's supposed to be wonderful leading. And when you know people are supporting you, it's a pleasure leading. <laughs> it's a joy leading. It's challenging, but it's a joy. And that's what uh, the Hebrews writer says. He says, you know, hey, look, when we do this, uh, now their work will be a joy, not a burden. But the writer of Hebrews goes further. For that would be of no benefit to you. In other words, when our leaders are supported and are joyful in what they're doing, then everyone benefits from that. We all um, have, have a whole lot of ramifications for us from leaders that are finding joyful, uh, joyful leadership. You might think that criticising or disagreeing or being suspicious and negative about leaders will be helpful for the church. It won't be. It won't be. And not only will your leaders suffer, but everyone else will suffer as well. This church cannot be a joyful place, not really joyful place, unless our leaders are supported and are finding their ministry a joy. Now, I want to say, I know this church fairly well. I know the leaders reasonably well. I think I'm preaching to the choir this morning. Is that right? <laughs> like this is a church that has godly leaders. This is a church that is tremendously supportive of their leaders. And uh, so I recognise that. It's one of the greatest strengths of LifePoint. Trustworthy leaders and supportive followers. And I just want to say this morning, may this continue. May this continue. We live in turbulent times when it's so easy for leadership to become difficult. It's so easy for people to go off in other directions and not provide the support that they should be for their leaders. And I just want to encourage you, keep up the good work. You're doing a great job here. May you continue to follow and serve. May you continue to support. May your leaders continue to be godly people. And may God's blessing come through the power of a church that's unified together as they support their leaders. I think I probably should pray for the leaders, right? Having said that, I'll finish my sermon, but, but uh, I just want to take a minute just to pray for leaders. I want to pray for leaders in the church, so that includes the pastoral team, but many of you are leading in the church, or some of you are anyway. You've got roles and positions. I want to pray for you. Some of you are leading in the workplace, but you're seeking to lead there as a Christian leader. And I'd like to pray for you as well if that's the situation that you're in. So, uh, so perhaps if you're a leader or in any of those categories I described, could you just stand up for a minute and uh, 
Don't be shy. If you're not sure whether you're a leader or not, just stand up anyway, right? So, uh, but come on, come on. I'd just like to pray for the leaders here. Uh, and uh, that's great. All right, let's pray together. Lord, I pray for these leaders, Lord. And whether they're here in the church or in the workplace, whatever, Lord, I pray that they might be godly people. Whose lives are built around the gospel, Lord, the good news of you, Lord Jesus, who have right character, Lord, who live it out, Lord, and have right motives. Their desire, whether they're here in the church or in the workplace or in the community, their desire, Lord, is to serve people and lay down their lives for others, Lord. I pray for that. I thank you that this is true. Protect these leaders, Lord, I pray. And I ask, Lord, that this church will be hugely supportive of these leaders. Lord, I thank you for the blessing it's already been to lead here, but I pray that this next year will be a year filled with joy for these people standing up, Lord, as they know that their back's guarded by those who are following them, Lord Jesus. I just pray you'll pour out your joy. Lord, it's been a bit tough for us, Lord. I pray for your joy to come and new and fresh waves, Lord. And then, of course, as it affects the leaders, it affects the church as well. And we pray, Lord, for your joy to be poured out on this church as we serve you, as we follow our leaders, as we follow you together, Lord Jesus. And I pray this in your name, Lord.